Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, I'm your host. Thanks for listening. Oh, and this is episode 256, by the way, if you're keeping score at home. Also, it's Christmas! Yeah! Jingle bells and ho-ho-ho and all that stuff. This episode is coming to you, I believe, on December 20th, all things going as planned which means it's right before the holiday. I hope all of you are uh, having a joyous season, whatever that means for you, however you celebrate or don't celebrate. The best part, of course, is that 2020 is almost over. We got vaccines coming. We got a new president coming in. Whether you like him or not, you know, sometimes change is not a bad thing. And we've got plenty of change coming in 2021. So stuff to look forward there. We've got a new episode of the podcast, so let's get on with it. Before I do anything else, before I forget, I need to give a shout out to Sean from Pie Factory, who saved my bacon for this episode. I, I want my bacon back, by the way. I like bacon. Um, I was I ordered some time ago uh, a cartridge of Toy Shop Trouble, the episode, the, the game that we're playing this episode, and it's not here yet as I'm recording. I'm recording this episode later in the week than I would normally like to. I usually record pretty early in the week because, you know, family and work and things. I always want to make sure that I have plenty of time to edit the thing and get it uploaded. Uh, But I'm recording this week a bit later than I would normally like because my cartridge isn't here yet. I ordered it from Atari Age last month. I'm not criticizing them at all. They fulfilled my order. They shipped it. But between COVID and Christmas, it's just not here yet. I did notices from the post office. It's delayed. It's coming, but it's not here. Uh, and I was uh, whining. And I'm not criticizing the postal service either. I love the postal service. Uh, we need them. They're underpaid. They're underappreciated. So don't you know, hit me up on social media telling me to lay off the postal service because I'm not criticizing them. But my game's not here yet. And I was whining to Sean about that earlier tonight. And he said, well, I can hook you up with the ROM. And he did. So I was able to play the game tonight and record this episode and get it out to you. I assume you're hearing this if you listen right away. I assume you're hearing this on the 20th of December, if you so choose. So thank you, Sean. That was a nice little Christmas present for me. All right. Um, In my notes, I have here uh, a comment from Michael Tyler on the Patreon about elevator action. I'll be honest, I don't remember if I read this comment before, but I'm going to go ahead and read it now. Michael wrote, Elevator Action is probably my favorite arcade game that I didn't get to play very much. The game was featured on Starcade and immediately became a personal favorite. It was at the local bowling alley for several months before it disappeared forever. No! A local arcade had the game in the mid-90s and had an opportunity to play the real thing. I was ecstatic. Nice memories there. I'm going to be honest here. I kind of remember Starcade. It comes up every now and then. Uh, among uh, the hardcore uh, Atari fans, um, reminiscing. I, I kind of remember it. Uh, I, I can't say that I watched it a lot, but I, I did see it some. I don't remember ever playing Elevator Action. Um, yeah, I take that back. I might have played it once or twice, at uh, probably at Showbiz Pizza, the Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. Actually, I can't remember which one came first. Uh, one ripped off the other, allegedly. But it, it was not a big part of my gaming, my arcade gaming life as a kid. I wish it was. Like I said in the episode, I like elevator action. 
uh, what I saw of the the version that I got to play on the show. I kind of wish I had spent more time gotten to see the uh, the arcade version. I think it could have been great, and I'm glad that you enjoyed it. If anyone else has thoughts about Elevator Action, let me know. And, uh, of course, as always, Michael, thanks for supporting the uh, the show on the Patreon. If anyone else would like to join the uh, Patreon project, go to the Atari Bytes page on patreon.com and do that. Thank you. I got a couple of comments from Jose Caseta. Hi, Jose, about games that we've done. He commented on Hero, how that was one of his favorite games, but on the ColecoVision, uh, which is a version I'm not familiar with. That's cool. He also commented that he thought the hit detection for Air Raid was not so great. I, I think you're probably right. Um, I think it's also equally possible that I'm just really bad at Air Raid. Probably some combination of both. Thanks for sending your comments. I've already invited the rest of you to do the same, so refer back to what I said earlier. Alright, there's absolutely nothing going on in the world right now, so nothing else to report here. So let's get on to this week's game. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the ship, not a sensor was flashing, not even a blip. When there was a huge crash to the bridge, I then ran, and there found St. Nicholas with joystick in hand. With Atari's Miss Pac-Man, he gobbled and scored. Then on to Jungle Hunt, he played till he roared. From out of his sack, he pulled dozens of games, all the great ones from Atari, our favorite names. Before I could thank him, he beamed out of sight. With a Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. This week's game is Toy Shop Trouble. This, uh, for the few of you who don't know, uh, is a 2007, I believe, homebrew for the Atari 2600. You can get it over there at Atari Age. The listing on Atari Age basically summarizes what the game is. Uh, essentially what's happened is the elves up at the North Pole are in a hurry to get out of there for vacation. So their job is to paint all the toys, but they just hurry up and paint them all gray. And of course this is not acceptable. Santa has a reputation to live up to. He can't be delivering gray toys. So the jolly old elf, instead of taking care of it himself, sticks you with the job of fixing all the other elves screw up. So you've got, the game starts on December 1st. You've got until Christmas Eve to repaint all the toys. You have to paint the toys as they move along five conveyor belts. You have to paint them the proper color. Some toys require two coats of paint in different colors, and you have to apply the colors or the coats in the proper order. You have a daily quota, basically every toy on the conveyor belt, which, and as I said, there are five conveyor belts. Uh, daily quota, you also have a time limit. A whistle will sound at the end of your shift. Atari H tells us that this... <clears throat> excuse me. Pardon me while I take a sip of a mediocre but non-alcoholic beer. Actually, I say mediocre. It's actually not bad. I'm not going to say their name because they're not sponsoring the show. Oh, all right. It's an athletic brewing company, non-alcoholic beer. It's actually pretty good. So I'll try to remember to uh, hit up athletic brewing in the show notes and... uh or, you know, in the uh, in the listings for the episode, maybe uh, you guys want to sponsor the show. Oh, what the heck? I'll take a bite of brownie, too. I'm violating all of the etiquette this week. You know, I'm totally off my schedule. So I guess anything goes at this point. And that is how you play Toy Shop Trouble. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, 
I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. So apparently in 2006, Atari Age did a holiday cart giveaway. And one of the games on the cart was Toy Shop Trouble. The game was a collaboration between various authors and artists, including John Payson, Zach Matley, Bob Montgomery, Nathan Strum, David Exton, Fred Quimby, Thomas Jensik, and others. The game was available for a short time as a limited number run, but because not everybody could get a copy of the, uh, the cartridge in 2006, they decided to release it as a normal unlimited release. The game's labels, manual, and the game binary were revised slightly to reflect that, to reflect the change. It's an, an 8K cartridge. Toy Shop Trouble called, strike that. Woodbrain Wonderland called the game a delight and a very obvious labor of love, a challenge for the mind and the reflexes. Throw in a touch of holiday whimsy in a completely non-violent scenario, and you have a long-lasting challenge for all ages. I can't say enough nice things about Toy Shop Trouble. Oh, they thought those one toys were at ads too. One of the the toys I didn't mention this. The toys include uh, dinosaurs, boats, trumpets, candy canes, um, uh, ships, uh, fire trucks, that kind of thing. Uh, rocket ships. There might be others too. But frankly, the rocket ships is all the farther I got. But there's one kind of weird looking toy that I thought looked like an at at from Star Wars too, although it's more rounded than that. So I don't know what it actually is. The reviewer likes the music, they like the colors, they like the look of the sprites, even the bouncy uh, title screen with the Here Comes Santa Claus theme. There are too many good games for the Atari 2600 to say Toy Shop Trouble is as good as the system gets, but it's darn close, according to the review. Alright, well, after the break, I'm going to slide down your chimney. Wait, no I'm not. After the break, trouble is brewing in Santa's workshop, and it's not just cookie and cocoa farts. Okay, uh, this field report, Toy Shop Trouble is the name of the game, that's why there's trouble in the toy shop. What is the elf gonna do? We have big trouble. And that rhymes with rubble, and that stands for P, and starts with, what's that movie? The River City movie. Pop Troll. No. What's, what's the other movie? Where they're playing pool and it's bad. Uh, Sound of Music. No. Music Man. The Music Man. This game is just like the Music Man, except it's not. No, it's like the, it's like the standard cause one, it's like the same cause two and three. There you go. Alright, Henry's never seen this game before, uh, so I'm going to show it to him for the first time. We just got it today. Yeah, I just saw it for the first time like, uh, I don't know, half an hour ago. So, I have seen now. here we go, get ready to dance. Already, I love this game. It's got it's some kicking music. Or like 
I don't know when it was made. Well, I, I mean, I know the year approximately. 2006, something like that. 2006? Yeah, Henry, this is a homebrew. A game made to work on the Atari 2600. But it wasn't made is back then. Yes, but it's kind of a complicated story that we'll save for another time. Uh, so Toy Shop Trouble, that's what we're playing. That's I, like a whole episode for itself. It is. Uh, and it's for someone who knows a lot more about this than I do. Um, so we got a lovely snowfall. Puts us in the mood for the North Pole. Here we go. Some of the music right. for the title screen doesn't really match. How so? Like it went in the... in mind, they're, playing, they're programming this for like a 4-bit or 8-bit computer system. Really, really simple computer, so what, how, they're kind what, of limited. How for, many bits are in the games in the, like, the game? Uh, now? A lot more than that. I don't know exactly. Like a billion quadrillion? Yeah, something like that. So, with that in mind, this sounds and looks really good, and this is just the title screen. So, alright, let's see how this game plays. There's our elf. We, just for your education, Henry, the idea is that the that other... That doesn't... The, the walking doesn't look like an Atari game walking. You, the, you can actually see the legs animated walking. Yeah. So the idea is that the other elves were in a hurry, so they painted all the toys gr uh, gray. Oop, that's not right. So your job is to paint them the correct color. What are these if you get presents? Uh, so the idea is you're going to paint them all the correct color before Christmas Eve. And every day you get a new assignment. Today we're doing uh, these trumpet things. Trucks and trumpets. Yep. Alright, now we're going to do dinosaurs. Um, I really like the look of this game. It, it says the date down below. It's December 3rd. Yep. There are levels that go all the way up to Christmas. I'm not going to do very well this game because I'm talking while I'm playing. Green dinosaurs. Yep. Also, you're t you have a timer up at the top of the screen. I don't know what those things are supposed to be. They kind of look like ant uh, walkers from Star Wars. I think those are the. Yeah. See, those are the, those are the toys that are added. Yeah, but I don't. I don't just. I just don't know what they are. Maybe it's a camera. Like this. Maybe, it looks I guess. like a camera with like a weird octopus tripod. Maybe. Can he do it? Maybe. Boom. Ooh, candy cakes. This one we got to do two layers of paint, red and white. So do you like? Oh, do you have to do it one at a time? Yep. And then in a minute I'll go back with the red paint. Do it. Yes, he can do it. Alright, December 6th, candy canes again. I don't really think of candy canes as a toy, but alright. Lots of whatever this is today.
Come on, candy cane. Yes. What do you think the look of this game? We're doing ships now. What do you think, H-Man? Eh. Eh? Eh. What, what aren't you impressed with? I like the music. You don't like the music? Alright. No. What about the look of the game? Game. No, the but... The intermediate on the elf is incorrect. Is it better or worse? It's better. That's why it's not... That's why I don't like it. Because it doesn't look like a game that... Uh, that uh, they were trying to make it look like a game that... They ran out of time. They were trying to push the limits of the Atari. Yes! As the clock was winding down, he does it. You're supposed to cheer for me, Henry. Eh. eh. Clearly you're my kid. Oh, a lot of white today. This one's going to be tough. It's a fire truck. Shoot, you're right, Henry. I should have. Can he get to the green and get back to the dinosaur? Of course he can. Rocket ships. I've only gotten to this level once before. Can you do it? Well, I don't know. The kids are counting on me. You get the rocket ships. No, they're supposed to be red and blue. Oh. I know I made that mistake last time too. Got for a second what color I was doing. You missed the rocket ship. Uh, oh, yeah. It's supposed to be red. I'm pretty sure you have it. You need this one, and then that's oh, when you need is the trumpet. I know. No. Yes. As the buzzer was sounding. are not as good as they used to be. Heyo! Alright. Forgot I'm supposed to be talking. Sorry, got caught up in the action. That's not the color I wanted. No, not. And I ran out of time. I have ruined Christmas. It's Sorry, Henry. You got about half a continent. But honestly, like I said, I just saw this game for the first time tonight. That's the best score I've gotten so far. So, you guys were here to witness it. It's a Christmas miracle. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. 
Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's Serial, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Beats a decoder ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you like to get your books. Not cereal. So, here's the thing about Toy Shop Trouble. I was enchanted from the moment I put this game on. I'd never seen the game before tonight. Um, I'd been hearing about this game since I started this podcast five years ago. But, oh, Toy Shop Trouble, oh, it's amazing. Oh, it's a wonderful Christmas game. Oh, it's not just a wonderful Christmas game. It's just a wonderful game. It's amazing. And I kind of thought, yeah, okay, maybe. But usually when things are hyped like that, um, they're, they don't live up to the hype. Um, but this year, every year for the last episode before Christmas, I tried to do something holiday themed. And this, this year I decided to do a holiday themed game. And this course was the one that I immediately thought of. I put it on social media. I said, tell me what holiday themed game I should play. And of course the response was toy shop trouble. So I thought, okay, this is finally the year I'm going to get it. And I am so happy that I did. Everything about this game is great. It's addictive. It's a you know it's a simple premise, but it's addictive, in the the way that all good games of this kind are. It's mentally challenging because you gotta remember which color goes where and which color you just used and which one you gotta go get. And the reflex, you gotta have the reflexes. There's strategy involved as far as uh, uh, how many toys of a particular color are on screen. Which color should I do first? What pattern should I follow? Move them between the conveyor belts. All of that. And the game is just fun to look at, and it sounds fun. It's it's fun in the way that Christmas should be fun. Henry, I think, he's, he was my cameraman tonight. I think he was a little unimpressed. But a lot of that, I think, probably has to do with... Uh, here, I'm cheating. I'm sort of doing a what game is Henry playing when we're podcasting about a different game, even though he's not here for this part. And largely, the reason he's not here is because of the other game he was playing while he was supposed to be filming the field report for this game. Uh, some flight simulator thing on his phone. So compared to that, this game was not impressive. But compared to Atari games in general, this game is pretty darn impressive. I want more games like this because it's just a joy to play. And that's really all I want from an Atari game. I want it to be fun. And I want it to be addictive in a good way. So, and this game fulfills both of those. My stocking is overflowing. Way to go, Santa. And all those other people that program this game. If you haven't played Toy Shop Trouble, and I'm guessing there's only a few of you listening to this who have not played Toy Shop Trouble. But if you're one of them, go find it and uh, play it. I know you can get the cartridge at Atari Age. Uh, Go check that out. And they got a lot of other great games too that you should check out as well.
it's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled Last Stand in Toy Town. Milo Vestibule limped on one leg only slightly less arthritic than the other over to the small shop's front door and locked it. He turned the laminated We Are Open sign to closed and pulled the little shade down over the window. This was hardly necessary given how dingy the glass was, but routine is routine. It was 6 p.m. Christmas Eve. Time to close up for the holiday. Maybe time to close up for good. Milo looked around the shop the way people do in stories when they think about walking away from something. Dusty, custom-built shelves lined the walls, filled with all manner of wooden toys. Carved animals and dolls, trucks and trains, puzzle boxes, and the occasional music box, though not many of the last, because Milo's late wife, Linda, was the musician, not Milo. The songs made his natural melancholy droop into sadness. When Milo's wife was alive and Milo was just a grump making toys in his garage. Linda would paint the toys, but she died long ago, and the toys suffered for it. Milo grunted and tossed his torn green apron behind the counter, realizing a fraction of a second too late that this was the apron with the torn pocket. Nails and screws flew everywhere. Milo's response was not very Christmassy. He should have thrown the apron out, but his great niece Holly had drawn a picture of a clown on it with fabric paint when she was little. Milo was a sentimental fool. Where the sentimental part stopped and the fool part began depended on the day. With a groan and more less than jolly language, Milo knelt to collect the scattered shrapnel. He wondered, only half kidding, if he would be able to stand up again. I should have closed this damn place, Milo muttered with less finality than he would have hoped. I'm too old for this. Making toys by hand was a young man's game. For a long time... He thought he couldn't stop because no young man was willing to do it. Maybe it didn't matter that much. Maybe it wasn't even worth it. Why did he need a whole store? Certainly not for the money. Milo's needs were few and the store only broke even in a good month. Once he'd been content making a few toys for Holly or for the neighborhood kids. He called them bribes to keep those rascals out of his yard. Then one day years ago, he wasn't sure when, time being a slippery proposition when you get older, But one day, sometime in the past, he woke up from an intense dream he could remember vividly, and not at all. But in that dream, he lived a whole life. It was, he thought, a complicated life. But what life isn't? When he closed his eyes and thought about that other life, it was a bright, colorful life full of joy and obnoxious goodwill. He loved it, and remembered none of it. Not really. All he knew was he awoke filled with an urge to spread his toy-making beyond his modest neighborhood. And so, his shop, Toy Town, was born. Of course, he used to heavily mix cold medicine and Jack Daniels, so his memory's a little spotty. But now, there was trouble in Toy Town. The local economy was in the crapper, and so... Bah, think about that later. Milo stretched his arm, bad shoulder protesting, to retrieve a couple hex screws that rolled under the counter. A series of unpleasantness occurred. As he rocked forward, he nicked the corner of the counter with his temple, cursed, and felt the air sucked out of him as his heart squeezed into itself, as if trying to produce a diamond. Milo blacked out and slumped forward on the floor. In the next moment, or five or ten moments, he couldn't be sure, Kyle, Kyle, 
a ten-year-old kid from the neighborhood kicked gently at Milo's boot. Milo didn't respond. So Kyle said, Hey, you got any airplanes yet? What? came the muffled grunt of the man still face down on the floor. You said you was going to make some airplanes, Kyle said. With an effort, Milo rolled onto his side, trying to remember the last few minutes, or hours, or days, who the hell knew. I think I'm dead. Strike that. I think I'm dead, he said finally. Oh, Kyle said, distracted by some wooden turtles on the counter by Milo's seldom used credit card reader. Okay, so no planes then? Milo sat up, the room spun, and he puked. Ew, was all Kyle said. Milo's breath was shallow. Really, he said in a whisper. I think I died. It's Christmas, Kyle said, as if the holiday was a shield against mortality. People die on Christmas, Kyle, Milo said. That's just... Something caught Milo's not-quite-focused eye. Hey, why are you all glittery? He thought there might be wings, too, but he wasn't positive about that part. Kyle shrugged. It's Christmas, Kyle explained. Duh. Have your ears always been pointy, Kyle? Milo asked. Kyle didn't answer that. Instead, he said, Hey, Milo. I start that. Hey, Milo, what do you want for Christmas? Milo chuckled darkly. <laughs> to not be dead. Is that really what you want? What kind of question is that? Of course I don't want to be dead. We just like to make sure, Kyle said. The boss isn't the only one who checks twice. The boss, Milo said. You mean God? Kyle thought that was very funny. Kyle pushed a toy train engine back and forth a few seconds, double-checking that the axles allowed free wheel movement. When he was satisfied, he turned to Milo, smiling. I've seen better ones where I'm from, but this isn't bad. I'm so glad you approve, Milo said with an inflection. His increase in heart rate was not met with appreciation by his chest. You liked doing this, didn't you? That particular train... I guess, Milo said, but it takes money to drive the real train. (coughs) That hurt. And I think the train is pulling into the station, Kyle. Hope you made a big Christmas goose this year, Linda, he muttered, because I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Yep, Milo confirmed for himself that he was not a musician. Kyle regarded Milo carefully. He looked at the man lying there looked at the shelves full of toys for kids all over town who needed them, who would never know Milo Vestibule's name, and how he liked it that way. He looked at the man on the floor muttering to his dead wife. Finally, Kyle pocketed the train on the shelf and said, Okay, I think the boss has enough info. Milo tried to stand, but decided it wasn't worth it. What are you talking about? But Kyle was gone. Milo was dizzy. He didn't know what was going to happen, and where did that kid go? Should he really be alone right now? What did Kyle mean the boss has enough info? When the bells rang out on Christmas Day, Milo got his answer. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari Podcast. 
and you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the vertical blank. Now, back to Bill. For years, Dogwater Hunt, alien abductee, many times over, has scanned the skies waiting for the aliens to return to his hometown of Santa Claus, Indiana. Yes, it's a real place. This year on Christmas Eve, Dogwater believes it will happen. Dogwater's friend, Cameron Jones, a successful novelist, is struggling with writer's block. A talking goldfish? That's normal, isn't it? And a battle with his ex-wife over her plan to move to England with their five-year-old daughter. Meanwhile, up at the North Pole, Santa himself has got his own problems. After centuries of being jolly, the constant tide of kids who believe, then don't anymore, is wearing on him. So he quits, hangs up the red suit, and is cringled no more. Where does he go? Santa Claus, Indiana, obviously. The story of how these three men are thrown together is told in the novel In the Saint Nick of Time, written by the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. It's about time there was a Santa Claus story for adults, so he wrote one. Will these guys save Christmas? Probably. That's how these books work. But you gotta read it to find out how. Go to www.carnivalofgleekcreations.com for more information about the book and some of the places you can order it. Happy Holidays! that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Thanks to at mtarp for the What Game is Henry Playing While We Podcast About a Different Game theme. Wrap up a lovely five-star review of this show to leave under the Apple Podcast tree. Thank you. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the show on our Facebook page, Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget you can call us, too. I'm never, ever going to answer the phone, but you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want, and I'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links to this show, show notes, info, social media, all that stuff for Atari Bytes and for my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. You can also find out on the website about books that I've written, like the ones you heard ads for earlier. Hell Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, and the holiday-themed Santa Claus story for adults in the St. Nick of Time. Please consider supporting the show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page at patreon.com. Patreon supporters can get stuff. At the $2 per month level, you get early access to the episodes. As soon as the episodes are ready, you can hear them. don't have to wait until the day of release, necessarily. At the $3 level, you get that, plus you get bonus content. Like, for example, the videos, such as they are, of the field reports from each episode, and the occasional thing, uh, other thing that I throw up there. 4 bucks a month gets you... The ability to help program the show by suggesting some games for me to play and storify. 
Thank you in advance for subscribing. And thank you currently to current patrons, including Michael Tyler, Jose Gazeta, Sean Courtney, Aerospike, M. West, Jim Goble, and Patrick McCarthy. You guys are all great, but you need some supervision. So I'm hoping more subscribers will join to keep an eye on you. All right, we're just about out of here. Uh, time to go sip some eggnog by the fire and wait for a jolly fat man to come down my chimney. But first, let's talk about what's going on next week on the show. Next time on Atari Bites. It's the last episode of 2020. Thank God. Um, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, usually what I do for the last episode of the year is I put aside the games... I don't worry about writing a story. I just present another story of sorts to you guys. Uh, I pick a movie that inspired one of the games that I played during the year. This year, if you remember for the Halloween episode, I played a game called The Earth Dies Screaming, which was inspired, sort of, by a 1960s sci-fi movie called The Earth Dies Screaming. So, for the podcast episode next week, we're going to talk about that movie. I invite you to go look for the movie. Uh, it's short. It's only like an hour and two minutes. Go check out the movie and then come listen to the episode next week. The other cool thing is I'm not going to be alone. I have a special guest joining me to talk about the movie. Dave Champa, one of the hosts of the podcast Champa and Klein, The Night Rider Years, will be joining me next week to talk about that movie. So I hope you'll join us as well. And I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. And I'm sure I'll encourage you next week too, but I hope you have a wonderful new year as well. Um, so go relax, enjoy as much time with your family as you can while being safe, and just try to be happy. And of course, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.